Hi, this is Sean Benson from Harvest Church in Warrensburg, Missouri. I want to thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. For more resources, log on to harvestwarrensburg.com. I recently, well, first of all, Charles, why don't you stand up? I mean, you're like, you're 100 years old. You got good knees. Like, this is Charles. Like, let everybody just give everybody a wave. So, I, I, I mentioned that just to say, Charles did this. <laughs> and, and I have to say, I am not only impressed, but thrilled to see uh, additional progress. The delay in progress was largely due to me. Well, sort of. I mean, it's just been a process, you know. And, uh, and, and some of that process, you know, led me to different carpet stores. And, and I, was in, I was in one carpet store, and, and I had a carpet sample in my hand, and, uh, and, I, was, and I was kind of looking through. Have you ever, anybody ever shopped for carpet? Ever? You know, they, they have like these carpet panels, you know, it's like, it's like Pinterest boards or something, you know what I mean? You're kind of going through. And for the life of me, I couldn't find what I needed, you know, I'm just, I'm going through, and, and, and lo and behold, the, the attendant, he, he comes, and he's, I don't know, maybe 20, but I, I'm guessing probably more like high school. I'm already hearing laughter, so I think you know where I'm headed with this. You know, and, uh, and he's like, smile on his face, you know, nice young man. Hey, uh, sir, uh, is, there, is there anything I can help you with? I said, you know, actually, yes, I'm having a really difficult time finding this particular sample and, uh, because these sample boards you could rent and take into the environment. How many of you know, like paint, you've got to see it in the house, right? And so I was looking at this. I'm really having a hard time finding this. He goes, oh, wow, uh, those samples are all a mess. Good luck. <laughs> all right. Okay. You know. And, uh, and, but they're all right there, and he was wrong on that note, because they were here, there, and everywhere, you know, it was one of those kinds of moments, and, and, and he kind of just continued to stand there, it just so happened I, uh, I had seen another sample that I, that I quite liked, I was very fond of it, uh, but the price was unusually high, you know, and so you flip through it on the corner, there's the little tag and everything, I know it tells you the price, and I said, hey, I, I like this sample that I see here, but it, uh, it, the, the price is, it's clearly mismarked, there's a, there's, a, there's a problem with it, and he goes, yeah, you're right about that, that's definitely not the right price. <laughs> I said, well, what's the right price? I don't know. <laughs> is there a way to find out? Well, I guess I could go look it up. How about you go do that? <laughs> you know, I'm like, all right, I'm a pastor. This is one of those moments, you know, where it's like, why not rather be offended? Go look that message up in the archives. I basically hate myself for preaching it. You know, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm being pleasant. I'm being facetious a little bit, uh, but not in respect to this interaction. And he comes back from having looked it up, and he's like, I couldn't find it. And he stands there again. I'm like, this is great. And, and I asked him a, a couple of other questions. And he says, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. And he stands there. I said, well, is there anybody who does know the answer to these questions? You know, actually, at some point towards the end of it, before we got to that point, he says, he's standing there with a smile on his face. I mean, he hasn't helped me a lick, you know. And he says, uh, well, is there anything else I can help you with? <laughs> I, on the inside, I'm like, well, you haven't helped me yet. You know what I mean? I, you know, and, and, and I was like, well, is there, is there anyone who knows the answers to my questions? And he says, 
Well, I've got a manager. <laughs> Do you think maybe you ought to call him? Well, I guess I can. I don't know where he is. Go do that. I'll be right here. You know, it's like, it's not going well at this moment. You know, the manager comes over and, and uh, the manager like immediately answers my questions, has no problem finding the, the mismarked item. You know, he immediately scans it and kind of goes, oh yeah, this, it's clearly a problem. And here's the real answer and yada, yada, yada. You know, it just goes through the whole process. Here's the strange thing though. In this moment, this, this young man whose sole job was to work in the carpet department, right? He's the sole employee outside of the manager. When the answers to the questions came, he was nowhere to be found. You know, and it's like, and the reason I say that is because it's like, okay, so you didn't know any of the answers to my questions. You couldn't help me in any way. All right, I understand you're young. Maybe this is your first, I don't even know. It didn't look like it's your first day. Probably, I don't know. Somehow you don't have the answers to the questions. But when the manager shows up with the answers to the question, right, you should stick around long enough to hear those answers so that you could help the next guy who's not representing Jesus, who probably is going to lose his mind in the carpet aisle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, has, has anybody ever had service like this? Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, do you enjoy those experiences? No. You, you don't. It's probably fairly obvious. You know, it's obvious that I didn't enjoy that experience. You know, and uh, it's, it's one of those moments where I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for a character-building moment. This was a wonderful session. You know, you know, what's squeezed is what comes out of you. Thank God I was pleasant to deal with. I may have grumbled and complained afterwards, you know, maybe not. But, but we've all had that kind of service that we don't particularly enjoy it. It's not inspiring to us. Am I wrong? Like, you don't probably think, wow, I really want to go back to a restaurant that gives you that kind of service. Am I wrong? Right? Like, and wherever you are, you're thinking, there's plenty of competition out there. Let me go to somebody who can answer my questions and who really actually wants my money. Like, have you ever felt like you had to beg the company to take your money from you? I'm like, I'm here spending, I don't want to spend any money. I'm having to beg you to take it, though. Like, what's the deal? Like, we, we all understand excellence in service, right? Like, we all desire to have excellence in service. Am I wrong? Right? And, and so the question for me today and to you is, then what kind of service are you giving people? Chris, were you, wherever Chris is, hey, hi, beautiful man. Were you able to get that meme up by chance? Did it work? Let, let, let's take a look at it real quick. Let me see if I can get out of your way. I came across this this morning. You know, so, and I couldn't download it, so you're going to have to, the, the blue, you'll have to start it to the back if you don't see that. But take a look at this, because I think this kind of echoes the sentiment of what I'm talking about. And forgive us, it's really hard to do it when the screens are 80 miles away from you and you're trying to find all the little doodads. So, yeah, you got it. It's right there. So kill that. There you go. There's the, the expansion button right there. Over to the right. Oh, okay, we got it. If that escape thing disappears, there we go. When there's a problem at work, but you don't get paid enough to care. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and the truth is, that's okay, you can kill that. The, the truth is, the reason I even thought that at all was because I came across a meme on my Instagram feed that said this very thing. You know, it was a different meme. You know, when you don't get paid enough to care. And I thought, wow, doesn't that just sum up 
what we're going to be talking about today. Today, I want to introduce to you the core value of kingdom excellence. And it's like, oh me, all of a sudden now. You think, oh no, he's going to turn this business around on me. Yep, I am. <laughs> you know, what, what kind of service are you offering? Have you ever thought to yourself, they're not paying me enough to deal with this? Such that it actually resulted in you <laughs> spinning around in the chair, avoiding responsibility? Like, let me just ask you this. You know, uh, lackluster service, half-hearted service, uh, which kingdom do you think it comes from? Do you think it comes from the kingdom of God? Or do you think it comes from the kingdom of the devil? You guys just started, you, you were, it was all fun and games a minute ago. Now we're all a little bit hesitant. We're a little quiet today. Yeah, obviously it comes from the devil, doesn't it? It's sore, because, I mean, can we, can we imagine that Father God would ever, even for a second, do anything lackluster? Like, would he ever, like, show up half-heartedly? Would he ever, you know what I mean? Like, would he ever be lazy? Like, no, obviously, obviously all those things are, are rooted in the demonic. They're rooted in the devil's kingdom, not in God's kingdom. So the obvious answer to the question, what kind of service are you giving, is that the kingdom demands that it be excellent. The kingdom demands that it be excellent. The kingdom demands that I show up like my father. See, our, a lot of our core values are the core values that surround the character and the nature of our God. Like God's a father, right? But one of the parts of that core value is generous like my father. How many of you know God's like a wealthy philanthropist? How many of you know you're a steward of his money? If you're a steward of a wealthy philanthropist, what are you called to do? Give it away. That means that you're generous like your father. Everything that we do is a reflection of him. See, it's not about what we, it's not about, let me say this, it's not about behavior modification. I'm not going to be calling you today to go, listen, snap out of it, you bunch of filthy bums. You need to behave better. That's Old Testament thinking. I'm not going to call you to behave better. I'm calling you to be better. What's the difference? I'm not behaving for God. I'm becoming like God. See, there's a big difference. It's not about behavior modification. It's about me going, Jesus, I love you so much that in my every action, I want to be pleasing to your heart. That in my every thought, that everything that rattles through this dense, thick skull of mine, that every word, every thought is a, a sweet-smelling incense to you. It's a pleasing aroma to you. That grumbling and complaining is not what comes out of me when I'm squeezed because it doesn't please you and I'm in love with you. And when I'm, because I'm in love with you, I'm not talking about some weird erotic way. Some people try to accuse the charismatic church of that. It's absolute nonsense. We are intimate with the one who is intimate with us. Right? So it's in this place of intimacy, in this place of me saying, no, you gave everything for me and you've just simply called me to give everything for you. In the place of the nurturing of that intimacy, I say, God, I love you too much to offend your heart. And, and honestly, this is what the core value of excellence is shrouded around. And, and what we find out is that it's, it's not just it's not just excellence in my work ethic, though it certainly includes that. It has to. It's also excellence in all of my interactions with other human beings. In my interaction with other human beings, which kingdom am I actually representing? We all right? Yeah. Colossians chapter 3 is kind of predicated on this a little bit, starting in verse 22. 
And really, anytime you can see the word slaves in Scripture, you could just as well replace it with the word employee. Anybody an employee in here? That's probably most of us, right? Unless you're a business owner, in which case you're an employee of yourself, so it still fits. Slaves and all things obey those who are your masters on the earth, not with external service as those who would merely please men, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than men. Verse 24, knowing that it's from the Lord that you will receive a reward, the reward of your inheritance. It's the Lord Christ whom you serve. Can, can you just see here that literally everything in your life is about Jesus Christ? There's nothing that you can do, say, think, be that is separate from Jesus. Literally everything that you do is a reflection of him and your relationship with him. Now here's where it gets scary. You probably remember Jesus talking to us out of Matthew chapter 25. And he's talking about, and we we really love the first half of this. And whatever you do to the least of these, you've done unto me. And in that context, God, he's talking to us about going to the prison and visiting those in prison. And if you've given somebody a cold drink of water, it's like you've given, I'm not talking about our pretty wives. Okay, sorry, bad joke. That was a good one, actually. What are you going to do when you've got a beautiful wife? It just, it exudes out of you. It's just the way it is. He's talking about giving somebody a cold drink of water, visiting someone in the prison, dealing with them when they're hungry, right? Whatever you've done to the least of these, you've done to me. Here's the part that we forget, though. Because then he gets to the last part and he goes, and when you didn't do those things to other people, it is as if you didn't do them to me. And all of a sudden that we, we, we find out that, like, that Jesus, first of all, he's tying my love for people to my love for him. And, and so they, like, they're, they're absolutely linked. You can't separate them. So there's, there's, there's not a place in Christianity where you get to say something like, I love God, but I hate people. It's impossible because if you hate people, then you hate God. If you hate God, you'll hate people. If you love God, you'll love what he loves. See, he's linking these things for us. And it's, it's great that he's linked the positive stuff to us. It's, it's great that he's like, and when you serve people like that, when you serve people a little cold drink of water in my name, it's just like you've done it for me. God bless you, you amazing people. Like you are actually serving me and not man. Good job, well done. But it's scary as heck when he says the same thing, but in the inverse. And he's like, yeah. And when you cuss that dude on the interstate, it's like you cussed me. When you treated that cashier poorly because, you know, they were utterly worthless at their job and literally couldn't answer any question that you gave them, it's like you treated me that way. See, this thing of excellence, it's like, and looking at Colossians again, it's, it's like if, if everything that I do is that I'm working unto the Lord and not to man, then how many of you know it doesn't matter how man treats me anymore? See, some of us in here, we have this little button, and it's called the justice button. And boy, when that baby gets pushed, you know, and, and let's just frame it with social media. When that little justice button gets pushed and you're on social media, you think you have license just to talk to anybody any old way you want. You're like, it's time to get mean and nasty. You know? And you somehow think that you're justified in being mean and nasty because it was an issue of justice. And you're like, well, God's a God of justice. And right now I'm about to execute me some justice. And you're executing vengeance. 
And whenever you treat somebody nasty on social media, it's as if you've treated the Lord Jesus Christ himself nasty on social media. See, because it's not about serving man, it's about serving God. Every interaction with human beings is me expressing my love for God. And so, again, it's shrouded in the sense of like, like this, is the, this is the kingdom core value of excellence because everything that I do is as if I'm serving him and not man. So what they do to me doesn't matter. My response is the only thing in the equation that matters. And by the way, that's the only thing that I can control anyways. I'm responsible to be Jesus when I'm squeezed, no matter what the squeezing looks like, no matter how much of an injustice it looks like, no matter what they say to me, no matter how they slander me on YouTube and everything else, I'm responsible to exude Jesus because I don't care about what's happening there. All I care about is my eternity. All I care about is pleasing my Lord Jesus. Why? Because he wants to correct my behavior? No, because I love him too much to offend his heart. And he says, I'm not working for man. I'm working for him. That's the baseline of the truth that we jump off with this core value. And it's scary when you begin to apply it to our relationships and to our thought life and to everything else that we touch. Are we doing all right? Our love for people is an absolute reflection of our love for God. Some of you might be thinking, yeah, but my boss really does suck. <laughs> my spouse, yeah, no, they're really terrible. You know, I mean, what is it? You've got somebody in your life. You know, I guarantee you. <laughs> There's somebody who is like a thorn in your side, grinding at your soul, you'll probably get a phone call from them as soon as you leave the door just because I preached about it. <laughs> right? You know, it's like, but what if they genuinely are bad? Like, like, doesn't that necessitate some kind of a response from me? Like, you know, like, do I still have to be kind and patient and all? Like, like is there a space where I can be like, listen, listen, let me tell you a little something today. Right? Like, is there a space for that? And the good news is 1 Peter uh, chapter 2 actually talks to us about this. Listen to this. Submit yourself for the Lord's sake. See, it's all about Jesus, isn't it? Submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to kings as one in authority or to governors as sent by them for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right now. Let me remind you by just way of pause here to suggest that listen, most of the New Testament, if not all of it, was written at a time when the culture and the government were adverse to Christianity. So you have these guys who were like, listen, I need you to submit to the authority that's in place. And the authority that was in place when they were writing it was garbage authority. So, like, you're not off the hook is my point, right? Like, we don't just get to obey when things are great. More specifically, we have to obey when things are not so great because it's in the squeezing that we find out where heart surgery still needs to happen in our lives. Verse 15. For such is the will of God that by doing right, this is a little, I'm going to read a few verses, so put on your seatbelt, by, that by doing right, you will silence the ignorance of foolish men. These are people who are looking at your life who might bring some idiotic accusation. The accusation can't stick when you're living right. Verse 16, act as free men and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. There it is again. It's all about Jesus. Verse 17, honor all people, not just the good ones. Love the brotherhood, so love everybody. Fear God. So your fear of God should be stronger than your justice button. Your fear of God should be stronger than your revenge or your retaliatory nature. 
Right? Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king, even if he's garbage, even if you don't like his economic policies, even if everything he's touched is costing more out of your pocket every week. Verse 18, servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are un reasonable. You mean I have to respect a boss or anyone in authority over me, even if that authority is a turd? (laughs) Welcome to the high bar of kingdom living. (laughs) Verse 19, for this finds favor with God, if for the sake of conscience towards God, a person bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly. For what credit is there if When you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience. But if when you do what is right and you suffer and you are patient, you patiently endure it, this finds favor with God. There's something very special to God when you manifest his character in a moment when you'd really like to manifest something else. There's something very special to God when you are being persecuted for righteousness and you endure it for his name's sake. He smiles upon it. The good news is he rewards the faithful, doesn't he? Doesn't he? Again, Jesus isn't looking for lip service or behavior modification. Colossians 3, verse 22, as we just look back at that again, not with external service, it says, as those who are merely there to please men, but with sincerity of heart, fearing God. We should be more concerned with honoring God's heart than we are executing justice in any given situation. We should be more concerned with loving Jesus and being the expression of that love to other human beings, even when we're compelled with everything on the inside of us to respond in anger, to lash out, to take revenge. Revenge is his, last I checked, by the way. He's pretty good at his job. We don't need to take it on our own, right? Let me ask you this. Have you ever decided to be lazy in a job because you knew that nobody would ever look over your shoulder? Here the other day, is, is my daughter downstairs? <laughs> she slinks down in her seat. Isn't she lovely, people? She was, just had a lot going on. You know, and, and her like, sole responsibility in life is to do the dishes. How many of you love doing dishes? Okay, yeah, so, so like nobody. It's the never-ending job, right? And, and of course, that's how she feels about it. You know, but she was, she was just busy. She just overloaded between school and work and all this other kind of stuff. And, and on our day off, Misty and my day off, which happens to be a homework day, I find Misty over there washing dishes. And literally I say, like, babe, what are you, what are you doing? That's Eden's responsibility. She says, you know, she says, she's kind of overwhelmed with stuff right now. She just, she's just, she's just got a lot going on. And so it, it's not a big deal. I, I just thought I would jump in. I would take this one thing off of her plate so that when she came home, you know, she didn't have to fool with it. Now, listen, 
My wife didn't do that begrudgingly. She's not over there like banging dishes. Oh God, they never does her dishes. Wish responsibility. Don't even know how we're raising our kids. <laughs> like she wasn't doing it begrudgingly. How many of you know in that moment, she was doing it out of the abundance of love in her heart? Right? It wasn't begrudging. She was happy to do it. But listen, you know, she doesn't like doing dishes. She's not a freak. Okay. So, so it's not like she's like, oh, this is my jam. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is awesome. No, that's not it at all. She doesn't want to do a dish ever again a day in her entire life. So she wasn't, like, she wasn't doing it because she liked to do it. Like she wasn't doing it because she was upset and just wished somebody else would have been doing it. And now she's stuck having to do it. She did it out of the overflow of her love for somebody else. Now, listen, this is what Jesus calls you to do. This is what Jesus calls you to do, except he's, my daughter would represent him, my wife would represent the rest of us, in the sense in which we go, I so love you, but I'm not doing this begrudgingly because it's the right thing to do, needs to get done, because somebody's going to see me in question, right? Like whatever your motivation could be outside of Jesus. And instead, it's like, you know what? No, I'm, I'm not doing this begrudgingly. I'm doing this for the, from the overflow of my heart. Because I love you, Jesus, I'm willing to curb my tongue. Because I love you, Jesus, I'm willing to pick up the piece of trash from the church parking lot. Well, that's not my job. That's somebody else's job. Is it? <laughs> because like, out of the overflow of my heart for Jesus, you know, I'm giving a generous tip to the waiter that day who was having a particular bad day and didn't deserve it. And I'm, you know, I'm not doing it begrudgingly. I'm doing it because I love Jesus. Do you understand the difference? Like I'm not performing for him to win his love. I'm performing for him, if you will, because I love like, because I'm seeing a need, and I know, like, it's an opportunity for me to do something that would be pleasing to his heart. I'm motivated by love, not some sense of performance where if I perform, then he will love me. No, that's demonic. Like, I don't have, like, Jesus already loves you. If you never lift another finger for excellence ever another day in your entire existence, how many of you know it's not going to affect his love for you even just a teensy, tiny millimeter? Jesus loves you all that he's ever going to love you. We are not performing for his love. We're performing from his love. We're going, oh, this would be pleasing to him. Husbands, have you ever done something extra special for your wife where you just thought to yourself, and if you haven't, like this is your cue, by the way, you know, you know where, where you're, you're thinking in advance and you're just like, you know what, my wife's been stressed out. I'm going to buy a rose and have it on the table for her when she gets I mean, anything. Have you done anything, men? Okay, yeah, good. I was getting nervous there for just a second. Right, so probably all of us have thought, you know what, out of the abundance of the love I have for my wife, I'm going to do this one thing that I know would bless her heart. Right, and I know that they've done that for you. They're wired more naturally than we are to do it. You know, it's not begrudging. It's not because you had to. Listen, and most of the time it's work, right? You're just like, oh, I, I wish I would have thought of this earlier. I already went by the grocery store. I could have stopped that. You know, so now I'm having to get back in the car. I'm having to go back into town, right? Like we've all gone the extra mile, but not begrudgingly, but because our, our heart motivation was to be the expression, if you will, of Christ to love well in this moment. Like this is literally, like this is what kingdom excellence looks like because I'm not working for man. I'm working for him. I don't have temporal eyes where I'm expecting all these rewards right now 
not necessarily, though he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Right? But that's not my motivation. My motivation is I just want to, I just want to be pleasing to your heart, God. I just want to love you. Like what, like what is pleasing to you right now? And out of that place, like knowing the scent of my life that's pleasing to him, that, that it's excellence, then it affects everything that I touch, everything that I do, everything that I think. It affects my work ethic. Listen, every Christian in every job ought to be the best employee that place has ever seen in their entire life. Because you're there, listen, if you are working as unto the Lord and not for man, you will bring the blessing of heaven on that business. And God, who is the rewarder, will reward your faithfulness. 100%. You can't escape it because it's written in black and white in the word of God. He will reward you for being faithful with the small. And sometimes you just have to continue to press through because it didn't look like it right now. I had a job one time. They hired me at a bank. I wasn't going to share this, but here we are. Maybe it's for somebody. Yeah. I got hired at a bank. Uh, technically, I was hired to be an account executive, but they said, hey, we, wanna, we want you to to, uh, to kind of climb up through the ropes a little bit. We want you to experience the business so that you have essentially a, a, a broader uh, portfolio uh, to be able to help clients as they come through the door. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a believer in starting in the mailroom. Like, I totally love that concept. I'm, I'm down, I'll do that. And they said, first position that comes open for an account exec, it's yours. We already have it earmarked. After a year or two of getting my ropes and all the other stuff, an account exec position came open. I thought, thank you, Lord. It was a pay increase. It was what they hired me to do in the first place. And would you know, though the practice was to hire within, they hired some rando from without and completely <laughs> took my role. And then they had this weird, like, strange, like, a leadership alliance. Again, it was weird stuff, weird stuff. You know, listen, I could do a lot in that moment. <laughs> I could be like, I demand justice. What is wrong with you people? You promised me this. I, I decided instead I would sit back and I would allow the Lord to fight this battle for me. And I kept a smile on my face and I continued to serve 100%. I don't remember how long it took, but another position in the company came open. It was for the main branch where they had a lot more, pra a lot more tra foot traffic. And they hired me some months later the manager of the new branch slides over the sales report to the manager who unjustly overlooked me and lied to me. They slid it over and they said, it's not possible for a young man with this little of experience to be at the top of the company in sales, but just take a look at whose name's on the leaderboard here for the whole company. And I was in the, thir I was in the third slot, one, two, three, 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 jump. They were like, uh, whose name is that? And he literally says to her, now listen, this guy doesn't know Jesus, right? I haven't had some slanderous conversation with him behind closed doors. On his own behalf, he slides it over and says, hey, whose name was that? Yeah, is that, what's that, what's that say? Sean Benson. And he laughs at her and says, I bet you wish you hadn't fired him now or overlooked him or whatever, right? Listen, like, like Jesus will reward you even if there's this in the middle zone where you're going, I was slighted. This was, this was an injustice. They've treated me poorly. This is not the way this is supposed to go. This is not what they promised me. God's obviously not in this, right? But I'm telling you right now, like though there might be like morning in the night, there's joy in the, there's joy in the morning. That's that wrong? There's trying. All right, there's a Bible verse. Go find it. It's good. <laughs> right like jesus is with you and if you remain faithful to work 
for him and not for man, he will reward you. Maybe it's not there, maybe it's down the road, but he will reward your due diligence and your faithfulness. It is an absolute inevitability. We work for him, not for man. Remember, whatever we do, verse 23 in Colossians, whatever you do, you work, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than man. I am working for Jesus. Let me present this to you in a slightly different way. You ever remember those, was it the 90s or the 2000s that we had the WWJD bracelets? All you, you people, you're just too young. You're all too young. The, the, two, the 2000s. You are definitely not. <clears throat> so what would Jesus do? That's a brilliant idea if it had worked. Crack another one. Isn't that a WWJD on your? Oh, okay. I guess Jesus would be a drunkard. Okay, you know, you do you. Yeah, it's like it's a brilliant idea if it had worked. So, I mean, let me let me let me approach this in a different way. If Jesus was the pastor of this church, how hard would you serve Harvest? Would you would you show up late on Sunday mornings? Just go ahead and put your toes out, because I'm going to step on them. <laughs> would you serve at all? What level of service would you give? Like zero to ten. Ten being like, I'm going to knock it out. Where would you be? One or two? <laughs> if Jesus was the pastor of this church, how would you show up? I mean, would you, would you, forget, to, would you forget that you were signed up for service in the children's ministry? and leave it to the ministry head to try to figure out last second on a Sunday morning how in the world they're going to fill that slot because you just blitzed it because <laughs> you, you fill in the blank. I don't know why. <laughs> well, if Jesus was the pastor of this church, how would you serve? What if Jesus was your boss? Would you gossip around the water cooler about how terrible he is? Oh my gosh, I can't believe he's putting this level of demand on me. Or instead, like in, in, in that workplace, like would you not only do everything that you were told to do, but like would you go above and beyond? You know what I mean? Like would you do the bare minimum that gets you a paycheck, or would you do you think you'd be like positively extra if Jesus was your boss? I mean, would you would you I kind of already said this, like would you badmouth them? Would you would you go home and complain about them to your wife? Oh my gosh, this guy's a tyrant. I can't believe he has such a high standard of expectation. Jesus, who does this guy think he is? <laughs> how would you interact with him, right? How, how would it impact your performance in the workplace? How would it impact your performance in your home if Jesus was just standing over in the corner like some creepy like old dude? Like, like, what is that guy? He's just standing over there like... Would it change the way you talk to your children? Probably you'd start to get into an argument with your wife, and you're like, oh, hey, hey, Jesus. Hey, how's it going? Oh, no, it's nothing. You know what I mean? We just, we just, you know, we're just talking about the day, you know. <laughs> See, sometimes we, we, we live our life, and we make decisions. We think things. We do things. We show up half-heartedly to our job, to our volunteer roles, to our life. And we just don't think it's going to matter. We don't think anybody's looking. 
that can I just submit to you, the only one who matters is always looking. And I'm not working for man. I, I'm not, I'm not, like I'm not, my, my wife is so easy to love, like I'm not, but I'm not loving her, you know, the human. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm loving God by loving her. You understand what I'm trying to say? Like I'm not, I'm not performing in my marriage relationship in order to try to win favor or something from God. I'm doing what's right as a man and a husband in this relationship because I love God. It's the overflow of my intimacy with him that keeps me from my sharp tongue with her. Do you understand? This concept, this core value that we hold so dear, this excellence, kingdom excellence, it will impact the way you think about everything, the way that you do absolutely everything. Since it's 11.36. (laughs) Let me just jump to close with this. You're getting ripped off this morning. There's still good stuff to say. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10. It says this, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For there is no activity or planning or knowledge or wisdom in shul where you're going. What is that saying? It's saying that in your lifetime, there are certain things that you will get an opportunity to do that, that, that will be the last opportunity that you get to bring glory to Jesus. Like the way that I serve him under persecution, the way that I refuse to have a sharp tongue, the way that I refuse to retaliate, the way that I serve the church, the way that I serve my family, the way that I serve you know, my home, my, my neighborhood, the way that I serve the clerk at Lowe's, all of that matters on a massive scale. And when you die and you graduate to heaven, you'll never have another opportunity like the present to honor and glorify and worship Jesus, to express your love for him in this way. That's what it's saying. So it's saying, so whatever you find yourself doing, let me reframe it for you. Whatever you find yourself doing, do it with all of your heart as if you're doing it for Jesus and Jesus alone without the impact of what people might be thinking about you, without performing for the people that are around you, you know, with, without respect to whether they deserve it or not. Everything I do, I'm doing it for Jesus because this is literally the only time that I will ever get to glorify God and express my love to him like this. Because once I graduate, it all changes. Everything's different. And can I just submit to you, there are no do-overs. To each, it's appointed once to die. And then comes judgment. I don't know about you, but when, when I get to that place, I, I, I don't, I don't want to stand before him and say, hey, you know what? You, you did a good job. You, you got here as if through fire. And everything that you ever said did touched literally just burned up. And now you're naked bare before me. That's not what I'm looking for. When I, when I graduate, I want to be able to stand before him. And I want to hear him say, well done, son. You love me so well. When those people were nasty, you held your tongue. Good job. When you, you know, when, when, you, when, you, when nobody was looking, you served your heart out. When you didn't think what you were doing was fruitful at all, you continued to give 110%. Good job, son. You became like me while you lived on the earth. 
I don't know which one you want to hear. I suspect it's probably the same one I want to hear. And so it's time to change or at least come awake again to this reality. I'm not here serving man. I'm here serving God. And the reason this is entitled excellence is because if that's my reality, I can't imagine living any other way. Amen? Amen? Father, we ask that you would rewire our brains for excellence. God, I know that you have amazing plans for us, for this church, for every individual, for our families, for our kids. We just want to be like you. We love you, Jesus. We want our lives to reflect that. First John says, if I, if I say that I'm in the light, but I walk in darkness, I'm a liar and the truth is not in me. Help us not to be a people who are secretly walking in the dark. Help us to be a people who are compelled by your love to take a step into the light, to cleanse ourselves of all unrighteousness, to receive that beautiful gift of being washed white as snow, and to walk in a new way that's pleasing to you. Help us, Jesus. Holy Spirit, the word says you're the only one who can curb this tongue. We give you permission. The Bible says, Holy Spirit, that you are Lord. We submit our tongue under your lordship. We submit our minds under your lordship. Make us a people who exude excellence in everything we touch, everything we say, everything we think, in all of our leadership and all of our service. Make us a people of excellence because we want to honor you above all with our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you would like to contact us or would like more information about our church or additional podcasts or resources, please visit us online at harvestwarrensburg.com. We hope to see you soon.